The stage is set. The goats have been selected. Near and far, they'll be on their way. To the big stage in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Before they make their big walk, Ringside sits down to talk with their breeders. To find out what makes these special goats worthy of the big stage. So listen in as we turn on the spotlight that'll make these goats shine so bright. Welcome to Ringside's ADGA Spotlight Sales Special Episodes. And now we're going to be moving on to lot number two, Pleasant Grove MFM Zezzy Cakes, which is consigned by Craig Koopman of Pleasant Grove Dairy Goats. Welcome to the show, Craig Koopman. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be on your podcast. A long time coming. We need to <laughs> make sure that we get a full episode with you here talking about other things besides Spotlight Sale. But today... We're going to be talking about your animal, Jesse Cakes. And if you could, could you kind of introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about your herd? Sure. Um, for those that don't know me, I'm Craig Copeman. Um, I own Pleasant Grove Dairy Goats. I've, I've actually been in dairy goats for about 40 years. Um, I got my first goat as a Christmas present, actually, in 1983. And that quickly became a 4-H project. And I got my first registered goats in 86 and joined ADGA then. Um, I started commercial dairy when I was in high school in 1988. And I milked about 75, 80 head for about seven years. I expanded to 125 head then from 1996 until 2016. And then January of 2017, I combined my herd with my brother's herd. And we've been working together, um, the combined herd of 300 head. We've done that now since 2017. Disease tested herd, everything's either registered or can be registered. I do a lot of showing. I'm on DHIA test. I linear appraise. I've been to most national shows since 2002. So I'm pretty heavily involved with ADGA and their programs. Awesome. And somehow you find time to sleep, right? <laughs> yes. Now and then, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us who your 2023 Spotlight Sale Animal is? Yes. This year I nominated an Alpine Dry Yearling. Her name is Pleasant Grove MFM Jesse Cakes. And she's the only Alpine doe in the sale this year. Yeah, and she's kind of special. I don't know if anybody recognizes the name, but she was the reserve national champion this year too. Yes, caught me by surprise. I I thought she looked good. She definitely needed to get to nationals, and when she won reserve na junior national champion, I was quite surprised and very happy. It showed me that she was definitely as good as I thought she was. Oh, she's she's definitely good, and not <laughs> only is she good but her pedigree is pretty stacked. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, her pedigree, starting with her dam side? Yes. I think it's a very strong pedigree and a very deep pedigree. Her dam is Pleasant Grove WFM Jezzy. She's a four-year-old. She just her Jezzy just appraised excellent 92E across the board here in August. Um, she had appraised VG89 as a two-year-old, was raised to 92 this year. Jesse is a high production doe. Um, I haven't shown her at all, but with the large herd I have, I'm kind of limited on what I can show. And I tend to only show a couple does out of each age group every year. So, and Jesse did come down with a slight case of mastitis as a three year old. And because of that, I've been hesitant to take her out and show, uttered her up worried about mastitis coming back so that's the reason jesse's never been shown herself but she milked 3800 as a two-year-old 
improved to 4,200 as a three-year-old, and this year as a four-year-old, she's projected to 40 over 4,600 pounds in 305 days this year. So extremely strong production, and clearly the types there being appraised excellent 92. Um, as I said, it's a deep pedigree. Jesse's got multiple excellent appraised sisters. Um, she's got a older sister, maternal sister that's appraised excellent 91. E across also has three 4,000 pound milk records. That doe, Jezina, is also the dam of a VG 89 E across first freshening alpine this year. Another maternal sister to Jezzy, actually her littermate sister, is a doe named Jazzy, who appraised excellent 92 E across this year. She has a 4,000 pound milk record as well, also has an extended lactation. Jezzy has an, another full sister named Jez. You can kind of see a pattern here with the names, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jez is a three-year-old appraised Excellent 91 E across. Um, she had appraised VG87 as a milk and yearling. Milked, I think it was about 3,500 as a milk and yearling. And on an extended lactation, that yearling record ended up being over 7,200 pounds in over 600 days. Strong family all the way around. And then you go to the Grand Dam and you've got a doe named Pleasant Grove R.R. Jezebel, who's appraised excellent 92E across three times as a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and this year again as a seven-year-old. Jezebel has also been third place, third utter at nationals in both 2022 and 2023. Jezebel has also done extended lactations. She didn't get put on milk test until she was five. She was in the middle of an extended lactation then, so I don't have an accurate record then. But she freshened this year in 2023 as a seven-year-old, and she is projected for almost 3,700 pounds this year as a seven-year-old. Her extended lactation, it was a three-year-long lactation from age four to age seven. So extremely deep pedigree on the maternal side, consistent, high type, show quality, high production, and also a family known for extend lactations as well. So kind of checks all the boxes on that side. They definitely have the will to milk, that's for sure. Indeed. <laughs> Anything notable about the uh, sire side before we uh, move on with questions? Yes, we've got the paternal side, actually a relatively young buck. The sire is, of Jesse is McCann Farm, HWK Maelstrom. His oldest daughters are just two years old now, but he's got three Malkin daughters that are appraised. They all appraised with excellent memory this year. A two-year-old appraised VG88 and two yearlings this year appraised 85 with excellent memory and 86 with an excellent memory. Behind Maelstrom, You've got his dam being the well-known McCann Farm Fern, who is excellent 92 E across multiple times. She was the second place, second utter, three-year-old at the 2018 Nationals. She also has three milk records on official DHIA test, over 4,000 pounds. So again, on the top side of the pedigree behind Jesse Cakes, you've got high type, Excellent 92, you've got really high placing and utter placings at the national show, and you've got the extreme production, over 4,000 pounds. Maelstrom Sire is Kickapoo Valley Proud Hawkeye, who is a USDA elite sire, has a PTA of plus 191 pounds milk. He has sired multiple, multiple national class winners. Um, he had sired the first first daughter three-year-old alpine at the 21 nationals. He'd also sired the first place dry yearling alpine at the 2021 nationals. A little bit more on the sire side, Maelstrom's twin sister, um, a doe named Moira Rose, milked 3,100 pounds as a two-year-old. So again, really good production. Um, she's projected to 4,000 pounds this year as a three-year-old. I know she has earned a couple milking legs this year. I don't know if she's finished or not, but so you can see it's a deep pedigree, consistent pedigree 
on both sides behind Jesse Cakes, sire and dam side. I certainly agree with that. And so obviously we have these deep pedigrees that combined all those ideal aspects of a dairy goat, the production, the type, the show wins. But when you were planning this breeding, what were the thoughts in your head for why these two animals should produce offspring? Actually, my thought process when making this breeding was, it was actually a breeding to produce a buck for our Amish commercial dairy is what the breeding was originally intended for or done for. Um, and production was the driving force behind that. Big reason behind production being the driving force is obviously I'm a commercial dairy and it was a commercial dairyman that wanted a buck from the breeding. So that was the main thought behind it. As far as type, being Maelstrom didn't have any milking daughters at that time. I didn't really have, I just had pedigree to go on. But looking at Maelstrom's kids that he had sired to that point, one thing I'd noticed was he was really adding length of body and length of rump. And that was definitely something, especially the length of rump was something I was looking to improve on Jazzy. So that was the reason behind that cross. Now I gotta, I gotta ask because you, you might be a crazy person here. Uh, (laughs) Walk us through the decision to nominate Jesse Cakes for a reserve, you know, who was a reserve national champion nominating her to the spotlight sale. I mean, that's, some people might think you're crazy here. I might be crazy. I do a lot of crazy things, and I've been accused of being crazy many times. But actually, <laughs> it was my original thought was I was going to nominate Jesse Cakes for the Colorama sale to help pay for my trip to Oregon because it's a long drive out there from Iowa. So mm-hmm. that was my original thought, and I was going to put a Sonnen, nominate a Sonnen to the spotlight sale well originally the breeding i had made for the spotlight sale in the sonnens was i wanted to nominate a buck and my buck kid wasn't born that i'd intended to put in the spotlight sale so i kind of thought well i'll put jesse cakes in the colorama sale and i had my junior champion sonnen from 2022 fresh and really nice as a yearling milker and i thought i'll put her nominate her to the spotlight sale well, as it got closer to the national show, I started looking at it and thinking about it. I'm like, and looking at the pedigrees and milk records and everything, I got thinking about it and I'm like, it's easier to nominate the milking doe to the Colorama sale. And she's there. Everybody can see her in milk. And she doesn't have as deep a pedigree to go to the spotlight sale when you don't have the relative the relatives there and Jesse cakes has the deep pedigree lots and lots you can talk about so i decided i'll put the son and milking dough in the colorama sale and i'll put Jesse cakes in the spotlight sale i would nominate her there because of the depth of pedigree and it was as i was putting together my nomination for the colorama sale is when i realized just how good the pedigree was and how deep the pedigree was for Jesse Cakes. And that's when I decided I'll nominate her for the spotlight sale. Plus, then I didn't have a milking dough at the spotlight sale that needed to be milked every day during convention. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I have to say, I want to just comment because you have Jesse Cakes, who was the reserve national champion, and then that's Colorama sale dough was the 2022 national champion Sonnen. So you really are sending out the best of the best from your herd. And I don't know if I could do it. I feel like I would be keeping those does close to home. It's not an easy decision to do, but I've always lived by the theory of sell the best. If you're going to market animals, you've got to be willing to sell the best. You can't sell the second best or the third best and just keep them, keep the best of the best for yourself. If you're going to market the genetics and get your name out there, you've got to be willing to sell really good ones. That's what I've done. And it, it it's probably a little bit easier for me because I have such a large herd. Selling the junior national champion son in, in the Colorama sale 
as a milk and yearling. I had three really good milk and yearling sonnens that I had and I really liked. So being I had three of the same age that I thought were national show worthy, it was easier to sell one of them. And I thought the most valuable one, easiest to market, would be the junior national champion. So that's why I was willing to sell her. Um, but I've got a really good doe with her because I had two does in the top four at the national show in the milking yearling class. I sold one, I kept one. So it's not that I'm just selling my best. I've got other good ones at home that I think are of equal quality. Yeah, I'm sure that makes it a little bit easier. Craig, what does Jesse Cakes bring to the table for anybody that's thinking about adding her to their farm at Spotlight Sale? I think she brings three things mainly. She brings consistency of type, consistency of production, and a deep maternal family. And you can see that consistency of type through, she's obviously got the type being the reserve junior national champion. You can see the consistency of type. Her dam and three maternal sisters are all praised, excellent 91 and excellent 92, E across in all four categories. The grand dam is excellent 92, E across three different times. The grand dam on the top side of the pedigree is excellent 92, E across multiple times. So you've got very consistent type across the family, top and bottom of the pedigree. You've got that same consistency of production. You've got the dam with multiple 4,000 pound milk records. You've got several maternal ants with 4,000 pound milk records. You've got the, dam, the grand dam on the top side of the pedigree with four, multiple 4,000 pound milk records. And like I said, it's a deep maternal family. You've got multiple generations of excellent 92 does and you've got multiple maternal sisters that are appraised excellent with high production. That's all done in a real world situation, 300 head commercial dairy. It's not a small herd. There's not spoiling going on. There's no special attention given to any does. It's real world production and records made in a real world setting. That's a very good note to add there. I was going to say this, you know, Production is your bread and butter. That's what you survive on. So the emphasis on that is amazing. And for anybody that's maybe struggling with adding production into their herd through AI or whatever, getting this animal, getting a son out of her would really turn the corner for anybody that might be lacking on production. Definitely. What are other things you want to know about Jesse Cakes for potential buyers? One thing I'd like to note about her, and this is something a little bit different for a spotlight sale, is she is probably going to be coming to the sale as a bread dough, which doesn't happen very often. Almost every dough through the sale comes in as a virgin dough. It's pretty rare that a bread dough or a milking dough is sold. And because she's a dry yearling, I nominated her as a potentially bred doe. And I have bred her. She's been serviced within the last couple of weeks. And I'm hoping to confirm her, have her confirm bred before the spotlight sale. But she will not be, cons- be sold as confirmed bred. She will be sold as exposed and will come with a service memo and, every- and all um but it's actually it's a very exciting breeding um i've bred her to pleasant grove sso mile marker who is a two-year-old buck and just has milk and yearling daughters and kids on the ground 2023 kids but he's also comes from a very deep pedigree mile marker himself is his dam is excellent 91 she was on her way to a 4,000 pound record before she was unfortunately lost in August, the year he was born. The next dam is Excellent 91. So Mile Marker's Grand Dam is Excellent 91, E across twice, possibly three times. I'd have to go back and double check. But she's also got multiple 4,000 pound milk records. I think her top record is like 4,700. So not only is Jesse Cakes got the type and the production and the appraisal scores 
the buck she has bred to follows right along in that line. And mile markers, he's only got one milking daughter that was appraised. And that first milking daughter appraised BG89 as a milking yearling. So he's wow. already starting to show what he can do. Jesse Cakes being bred to mile marker just builds on top of all the good in Jesse Cakes pedigree. What a curveball. I had no idea that this was a thing. And I'm sure everybody listening, their ears just perked up. Because now there's that potential that I was talking about. You've got the great doe. Now you've got a bred to a really high caliber buck that's got a lot to go on for him. And he's got it going on with that milking yearling daughter appraising VG89. That does doesn't happen folks that's a special dough so for this to happen i'm i'm sorry but like that's that's amazing that's that's just superb i think people need to uh rewind this about 45 seconds and listen to that part again because holy cow that's impressive yeah john you were talking about the production and the type in this pedigree and if somebody could buy this dough and get a buck out of her for themselves well jesse cakes is coming in you're buying not just her you're potentially buying a two for one or a three for one package if she freshens with twins and it's a high quality mating so you may have your buck out of her already to keep once she freshens in the spring I got to note that when you go to the spotlight sale page and you see the pictures of Jazzy Cakes, you know, when you get that rear profile view of her, she looks like she's a bit precocious. And that just means that she's got a, she's got that will to milk. She wants to milk now. <laughs> yes. She's got a lot of width and openness there in that escutcheon. And I think she's going to milk. She just needs to get freshened. Yep. So one of the things that when you, I mean, Technically, you're buying a lot potentially with Jesse Cakes from the Pleasant Grove herd. But not only are they the buyer trusting the genetics and the animal there, but they're also trusting that herd name. And so what is something that is unique to your breeding program or unique that your breeding program brings to the table that you really wouldn't find in another herd in the country? I don't know. That's a hard question to answer. <laughs> right. I think maybe the best way to answer this is that I focus on dam lines. I like to line breed and maternal lines are very important to me. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm milking 300 head, but in that 300 head, about over 200 of those 300 are purebred alpines. And within those 200 plus alpines, I've only got six maternal lines, and so I focus on maternal lines, and really you could almost call it five maternal lines because my M line and my L line are all go back to the one of my original purchases in 1986. There was a change in the letter naming one doe, so actually the M line and L line go back to the same maternal matriarch. But so it's, I focus on dam lines and even with a large herd, I've got a very minimal number of maternal lines in the herd. I guess, you know, it's my fault for not mentioning this, but folks, this, this is a purebred Alpine doe, right? And she's bred to a purebred Alpine buck, right? So they're going to be purebreds. So yes, she's purebred, bred to a purebred buck. And so there's no limitation on who can buy her. It's not like an American Alpine. So we've sort of eliminated the purebred Alpine breeders. She's a purebred. She can go into any herd and it's not going to make any different, any difference whatsoever on registrations at all. Yeah. So get, get your checks out folks, because honestly, if I was an Alpine breeder, this would be one that I'd be like, I'd be like, listen, either, either we, we sell the RV or whatever we have to do to get this dough. I mean, honestly, as soon as you said she was bred, my ears perked up even more. Like that is insanity and just another like tick on the box for folks that are on the 
on the ledge if they're going to jump or not to get this dough. And and she's really special. She's done a lot for you. She's going to do a lot for someone else. It's it's just one of my favorite animals in the sale this year, for sure. Well, thank you. That's nice to hear. Craig, is there anything else that you wanted to mention to folks before we wrap this up? Should Should they have her favorite snack on board? I know you said you don't spoil them, but it's hard not to spoil special doughs like this. Uh, anything like that? No, she truly does not get spoiled. She is in the <laughs> herd running with 60 <laughs> other does in her pen. There is... There is no special treatment. Bring her some alfalfa <laughs> and some grain pellets. That's what she gets. <laughs> it's. I'm being honest with you. There is no special treatment. There is no favorites here. It's everything's made real world setting. There's. It's full on commercial. No special treatment whatsoever. Every doe one to doe three hundred is all treated the same in my herd. Craig Copeman of Pleasant Grove Dairy Goats. If people want to find out more about your herd, where can they go? Um, I do not have a website at all. I'm not real good with technology, so I never got into that. But I do have a Pleasant Grove Dairy Goats Facebook page. That's my main presence on the internet. Um, you can follow me there. I don't post often, but you'll see a couple posts a month. And then big one i encourage people to follow my page come december and january every year i do what i call my daily feature and i'll feature an alpine every day and occasionally i'll do a daily double feature and i'll add a sonnen feature in each day and talk about individual the featured doe each day and who she's bred to and then another thing way to follow me is i do a herd brochure every year i do one for sonnens and one for alpines and I'm one of the few, if maybe the only person that still does a herd brochure, but I do it electronically and I send that out. So that, that is how people can get my breeding list is I'll send out my herd brochure usually in November after I get my herd health testing done and does are confirmed bred. And I wait until they're confirmed because I have such a large herd and there's oftentimes planned breedings get changed on the day they're bred because bucks oh, are getting yeah. used multiple times a day. I send out the herd brochures electronically. You can private message the Pleasant Grove Facebook page. You can private message me, Craig Copeland, myself. And if it doesn't come through that way, I can always email the brochure as well. So that's my main presence on the web. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. And folks, again, this is lot number two, Pleasant Grove MFM Jezzy Cakes. She's a purebred alpine consigned by Craig Copeman of Pleasant Grove Dairy Goats. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank, thank you for you. having me. All right, now we're moving on to lot number seven, Springwater SNE Catastrophe. And of course, we are joined by Nancy Boeing of Springwater Dairy Goats. Welcome back, Nancy. Hi, thanks for bringing me back. Yeah, congratulations again on another accepted animal into the spotlight sale. That's exciting. Thank you. It is very exciting. I can't wait to go to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we dig into your dough? Sure. Um, so I actually grew up a city kid. I never did anything with farm animals or showing or anything like that um, until I was an adult. Um, I got my first goat uh, in 2009. We lived in Jackson Hole, Wyoming at the time. Um, and then in 2012 is when we really started to get serious with the goats. Um, we did, we started on milk test linear appraisal and we bought our first real serious nigerian who was sage acres sho peachy keen and she was our first goat to be an sg goat our first finnish champion um and then in 2014 we decided that we were going to attend the nationals the next year in 2015 um, and we needed something extra special to take with us 
Um, so I did some research and found Folia Farm, um, which is a herd in Oregon. And we bought our first really, really good goat, uh, Folia Farm RD Meat Virginia, who ended up placing first in the yearling milker class at nationals. Um, and our worst placing that year was 11th. And ever since then, we've been hooked on the national show. <laughs> um, we've been to five different nationals with top placings every time. Um, we've gotten several production awards, two total performers. And our, in 2019, we had the honor of um, being named the reserve premier breeder for Nigerians. Um, our herd has also had um, several top 10 milkers and lots of high appraisal scores and good placings in local shows, finished champions, etc. Awesome. So do you mind introducing your spotlight sale animal to us and the listeners? Sure. Um, her, her name is Catastrophe. She is a real pretty little April kid. Um, she's out of a very promising yearling milker. I took her to her very first show, which was nationals this year. Um, and she made the cut in a really large junior kid class. She was 18th. And then in that same class, we also had, I think it would be called a genetic sister. Um, she's a full sister. I mean, sorry. Uh, they have the same sire and their dams are full sisters. That kid was 16th, so they, they both made the cut in that big class. Um, Catastrophe is really deep and wide for her age, especially. Um, she has really good feet and legs, and she's just a really cute, friendly kid. Now, I have to ask a kind of not-so-serious question, but she's not living up to her name at all, right? We're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, um... I, I, I tend to, I like really fun names. If you follow my herd, you'll see a lot of funny names. Um, and no, she's a, she's a good baby. Um, <laughs> her, her mom is calamity. So it just kind of went along the damn line with, with her name, I guess. For sure. And, and you said her dam is a yearling, which it, and she looks pretty dang nice. Did you get your herd appraised this year or no? Um, we are actually having appraisal next week on the 22nd. Oh, wow. Okay, so, so, yeah, when we when we talk about the pedigree and stuff, I some of the appraisal scores might change. I'm not sure yet, but. Okay. No, I was just curious there. Now, can you talk to us a little bit about the pedigree behind Catastrophe? And uh, let's start with the dam line first, and then we'll go on to the sire side. Okay. So her, her dam is Springwater BL Calamity Jane. As I said, she's a yearling milker, a very, very nice yearling milker. Mm -hmm. um, she has her dry leg. Um, and I took her out to 11 shows this year. or 11, She was shown in 11 rings. Um, and out of those, she placed nine, or sorry, <laughs> she placed first nine times. And second, the other two times. Um, wow. She has, uh, she went reserve as in the milker class and one of those shows. And she made the cut at nationals and was 13th in the yearling milker class. Another huge class. I was going to um, say huge class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Nigerians fill the ring, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, um, Calamity has a great udder. Nice attachments. Her teat placement is wonderful. Uh, good top line. There's not really much bad you could say about her. Um, and she's also a good milker. She is the best yearling milker we freshened this year. Um, and then um, she is a full sister to a doe that most people know as Frosty. <laughs> Excuse me. And I think Calamity might be better than frosty which is saying a lot um she hasn't grown up yet to prove that yet but 
anyways um so frosty is also known as like her registered name is sgch springwater bl janey's got a gun she's the dam of our last year's spotlight sale buck and she's a grand dam to last year's colorama sale doe that we had um she appraised last year VEEE 90 as a four-year-old. She has two lactations over a thousand pounds, another one that's close to that. She's been to nationals four times and been in the top 10 placings every time. Um, as a three-year-old, she was first with first utter and got the total performer award. As a four-year-old, she got the high lifetime milk award. And then this year, as a five-year-old, she got second with second utter in a five and six-year-old class right behind last year's national champion. So she's just done a lot for our herd. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Frosty and Calamity are both um, just exactly what I would like to have my goats be, miniature dairy goats. They're not these clunky Nigerians. They're they look like little versions of alpines. Um, and then yeah. um, the the sire to both of those stoves, Calamity and Frosty, um, is fully a farm RD Labrea legend. And he is a littermate brother to Virginia. So tying back to that doe meat Virginia that we bought from fully a farm. Um, and that doe did everything. She was a top 10 milker. She praised 90 twice. And of course, had high placings at nationals. So, so Catastrophe Sire um, is Springwater Nocturnal Emissions. Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> he's also, his, his barn name is Mustache. Um, and he's just a yearling buck. Um, but his kids are really beautiful and correct. Um, and he is doing exactly what we had hoped him to do, which is improving the rear leg angulation on his kids in addition to just being really nice kids. Um, but that was an area that we really needed some help with in our herd. So I'm glad that see that he's doing that. Um, he has sired a lot of really nice placing kids at local shows as well as nationals, um, including a half sister to catastrophe, which is guava. And guava was um, fourth in the intermediate kid class at nationals. And she's been first every time shown in her intermediate classes, which is nine times. Um, and finally at the fairs, she picked up her dry leg. <laughs> So, and then um, uh, Mustache's Dam is um, Grand Champion Pending, Daylight SB Dreamcatcher. And um, she was a doe that we happened to grab from a friend of mine. Um, so I have a friend that we have used some of her goats to be recipient does for embryos. And... Um, so Dream was a recipient doe, except she didn't settle with the embryos, but I freshened her here anyway. And um, my friend, I, I told my friend she is a absolutely gorgeous doe. She needs to be in the show ring. And can I please have her? <laughs> um, so we, kind we made a trade and anyway, I ended up with her. Um, but um, she is sired by a spring water buck. And her dam is a, a 90 appraising goat. Um, but Dream herself appraised last year with a 91 overall and ease, all ease. Um, and she has gone to nationals. And in the two-year-old class as a first freshener, she was fifth. And then this year as a four-year-old, she was fourth with second place utter at nationals. Wow. Um, and then, um, so then Mustache, Mustache's sire is Springwater OR living on the edge, and he is a son of Frosty as well. So it kind of ties back into the Frosty genetics there. So 
Let's talk about when you were planning this breeding of mustache and calamity Jane. What were the thoughts that went through your head and why did you decide that this was the breeding you wanted to do for 2023? So mustache is um, really strong in just the general appearance and the minor areas that um, the calamities line tends to need help with um, while still maintaining all the good traits of like the dairy strength and the nice mammary systems and um, him and his dam both have really excellent rear leg angulation so that was the main uh, the main thing I was trying to help with there and then I really like the tie-in of the genetics from uh, the frosty line so Let's uh, talk about why you decided to nominate her for the spotlight sale. Why was this animal the one to do spotlight sale with this year? So this year we kind of had an abundance of doe kids and um, brag I, about it. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> we also <laughs> freshened a lot of goats. So <laughs> it's, it's a good and bad problem to have because um, you don't want to sell your nice kids, but then what do you do? You can't keep everything, right? Um, so um, the spotlight sale, uh, the breeders are trying to get the best of the best out there. And um, I just feel like Catastrophe's stam is such a great, yearling milker she's going to be a wonderful doe um i think she's going to do everything you hate to say anything when they're young because you never know what might happen but um and then i just really enjoyed last year's sale and i wanted to pick something to go in this year and i thought a doe would be fun um and i i had it it was a toss-up between catastrophe and a little doe out of frosty that's the same pr pretty much the same breeding um so it's a frosty and mustache kid um but uh i thought from a different doe than what i nominated last year would be good and the kid from frosty has a really funny name that might not go over well with everybody <laughs> If it passed through registration, then you're good. <laughs> Should I say it out loud? <laughs> I mean, it depends. I sure go for it. Okay. I'm going to say it really slowly. It's spring water, S-N-E, sofa, king, oh. hot. <laughs> yes, that too. Yes, yeah. I'm familiar. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's that's about it for that. Yeah, I think it would, while it would probably be hilarious to have the announcers kind of announce that name and talk about that, I feel like that would have been a, maybe not, if they caught it, but I feel like they would, I don't know, if if the naming, reg, if the registration naming people didn't catch it, maybe they wouldn't have, but I I think it's a funny story. I like that. Yeah. So I... It's sometimes I pick names just to see if if they'll pass, and also just because I think it's hilarious when they read them at nationals. So you mentioned that you know last year you had an animal. This year you have an animal. So both times you had to decide, and you decided again this year. And I feel like she's a really strong animal here, but what do you feel like she's going to bring to a herd? that of somebody who might be looking to purchase her and, and bring her into their program, like what's she going to bring to the table for them? So um, she herself has excellent confirmation. There's great memory systems behind her. Awesome medials and teat placement. Um, she's been in the show ring. She knows what to do. Um, and someone could take her home and sh they could, they could show her as a dry yearling. They could, freshen her show her as a milking yearling and hopefully she will freshen like 
her relatives before her and kick some serious butt in the show ring and in the milk pail. Yeah. And you look at the pictures of her on the uh, ADCA annual convention website, and you can see that width between the hawks and the escutcheon. And you can almost see what that udder is going to do by looking at that rear view view uh, picture. And she looks like she's going to have a pretty strong mammary on her. Yeah, she has a really high and wide escutcheon, so hopefully mm -hmm. she fills it with perfection. <laughs> Knock on wood. Great. Well, <laughs> and you also have some frosty daughters who have freshened, correct? Yes. Yes. So you and have basically her full genetic sibling, or not obviously half genetic siblings, but um, that they you see what they can do, correct? Right. Yeah. And um, they have done amazing too. We've had top placings at nationals with them. They milk well. They've appraised well. So, yeah, I'm hoping for more of that. The genetics are definitely there. So, what are other important things to note about catastrophe for people interested in her? So, um, Speaking of frosty and calamity, I will probably never offer another daughter from calamity for sale again because I love her so much. Um, same thing with frosty. All of her daughters stay here. So if somebody wants to get in on this, they have to jump on it now. <laughs> um, and then one other thing I wanted to mention is besides being really, really beautiful, this dam line is very nice to hand milk. Um, I usually machine milk, but um, even this year I took a few to some shows and uh, Calamity amazed me with how nice her teats are for hand milking great orifices, nice soft texture. So another nice feature, I guess. No, that is really nice. And kind of speaking as someone who does machine milk most of the time, when you have to go and hand milk, it changes things. And I've, I know I've sold animals because even though I'm machine milking, the power goes out and you have to milk your does or you're at a show and you only brought a few animals. And is it really worth taking the machine out and milking them and all that it is entail that is in like involved in that. And the does that you can just milk very easily. And obviously I'm talking standard breeds. I'm not even bringing in the Nigerian factor into this equation, but it just makes it so much nicer when you can actually milk an animal, especially when you're not milking every day. And so your muscles aren't quite trained to do that, but not, not enjoy it. So that is something that I know so many of us machine milk, but it does make a difference. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And Nancy, there are multiple options in your breed for buyers that are potentially looking at adding an animal into their herd. But what would you say is the reason that they should consider catastrophe for the sale? Um, I just think the strong genetics that back her up, um, whether that's, um, or that can do it all, whether that's showing locally at nationals, appraising with high scores, um, milking super well, possibly top 10, um, any, any of that is all behind our herd. So um, yeah, I think just an animal that can do everything. So you have had other animals in the spotlight sale, but this is your first doe, correct? Um, yes, in the spotlight sale last year, we had a doe in the Colorama sale but we only had a buck in the spotlight sale. So what have those previous between the Colorama sale and the spotlight sale, what have those previous sale animals gone to do in other herds? So both of those kids went to the goat wives at Chubby Acres, who you guys have had on the show. Um, and they're both yearlings, so they're young, but they're doing very well for them. Um, all of the kids that they retained this year are from gunner who was the spotlight sale buck and then the the colorama sale doe 
she freshened really nicely and she has great confirmation and I think they've shown her and she's done well for them there too. Perfect. So not only is there success in your herd, but there is proven success with these animals that have been sold before too. Yep. Nancy, I got to ask, you love sharing your, your genetics here, especially on the big stage. Like you are, you are no stranger to the big lights of Spotlight Sale and, of course, Colorama. Do you think you're going to uh, try to come up with something special again next year for Colorama or Spotlight Sale? <laughs> um, good question. <laughs> it remains to be seen. I, I ask because it's such, like, people don't realize that the process is very, like, long and, and you have to go through a bunch of hoops and steps do extra testing and all that kind of stuff. And the fact that you've been able to do it, this is your fourth time now, right? Uh, is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And each sale is something slightly different. Like the Colorama sale, you, you have such a short notice. Um, you, you nominate them when you get to nationals, and the committee goes around and they look at the animals and you, you get to present them with their relatives on the stage, which I think is kind of cool. Um, but the spotlight sale has more of a buildup um, and um, more time to advertise and whatnot. So they're, they're both good sales and they just offer different pathways, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Nancy, thank you so much for joining us here. If anybody wants to add this gorgeous gold and white doe, Springwater SNE Catastrophe is your girl. Again, she's lot number seven, Nancy Bowling of Springwater Dairy Goats. Thank you so much for joining us and good luck at the sale. Thank you. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.